Of Brainzo. Brainzo. <laughs> yep, the weekly surf trivia podcast where we throw a bunch of questions at you to test your surfing knowledge. You keep score, you decide the stakes, battle your mates, battle your rellos, battle strangers, or just go at these questions like a solo Spiro surfing legend. Uh, you could play it that way. Otherwise, yeah, you could get together with your mates. You could keep a tally of, of who's got the most points. Give the, the leader a little yellow T-shirt to prance around oh, in each week. gold jersey. Yeah, like the gold it. jersey. Oh, gold brain so jersey. <laughs> <laughs> get in there. Oh, mate. Clutching at straws. <laughs> <laughs> we sure are. Ronnie Blakey here, joined once again by Vaughn, good the to big see bro. You, Great to see you, mate. How you been? Yeah, good. Good little update on um, your nephew's pink eye. We got to the source of that. Yeah, it turns out our chihuahua has been sleeping on his pillow and the little dags that have been collecting around the, the base of her anus have been leaving little particles on his cushion. So, problem solved, pink eye, uh, well on the mend. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Great to have you back here, Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn's going to, once again, back me up here. He'll play the Daryl Hall to my John Oates, oh. kick in a, a few anecdotal verses. Mate, if only I had that perm. But, uh, yeah, I'll cop that. <laughs> Love Daryl. You guys know the format now. 20 questions. We'll give you about five seconds after each question to spit an answer out. You keep the score and, uh, yeah, we'll see how you go this week. It's mm. going to be a fun one. Yeah, we're doing surf companies today, folks. Hey. Question one. If you can't rock and roll, don't fucking come. What's the catch cry used by which surf company? Quicksilver. Hmm. It's a beauty too. I remember the uh, the original ad, Bruce Raymond and crew, Kong, all uh, just standing on top of a classic old Aussie muscle car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really uh, sort of brought surfing out of its country soul, hippie vibes and into a whole new era of uh, ripping right in. Question two. Richard Woolley Woolcott. Film directed and produced Kelly Slater in black and white while working at Quicksilver. What company did he go on to found two years later? Mano, mano. Volcom in 1993. I'm going to give a little shout out here to uh, JC and Wes who kicked off Volcom in Australia. I remember going around to their house. Yeah, JC. JC, what's up, bro? Sure. And, uh, <laughs> he, uh, Volcom was in Australia when it launched. Two pairs of board shorts on coat hangers and about three T-shirts. And I went over and had a look at it and uh, look at what it's become today. Unbelievable. The stone there, uh, obviously, you know, supported the goons of doom and yeah, love the stone, mate. Yeah, Great well, brand. Woolly, though, is that voice you can hear in Kelly Slater, Black and White, interviewing Kelly, asking him questions, asking him what he's eating at breakfast. So how old are you, Kelly? 18. When did you start serving? Five. What's your favourite hobby? Volleyball. Good stuff. Love you, Wooly. Question three. Cream, Mrs. Palmer's, Sex, Far King are all brands of what? Yeah, surf wax. (laughs) Who names these things? What a bunch of creeps. What is up with all the innuendo in the the wax world? Which, um, you know... 
has me sort of thinking, Vorno, is there any innuendo around the famous Brazilian surf wax, F-U, Foo? Um, well, Foo is what we used to call, you know, uh, a poo that followed through back uh, when the boys were little babies. Oh. Yeah, fart poo, basically. Yeah, a shart. Yeah. <laughs> That's my go-to. Question four. If you don't surf, don't start, was a 1980s advertising campaign by which brand? Gotcha. And a bonus question. Who founded Gotcha? It was Michael Thompson. Mm. Sean Thompson's uh, cousin who passed away October 2020. But um, Top 10 surfer on the CT as well. Absolute mad dog. And a, a real performer in that busting down the door era as well. Um, and yeah, full mad dog. Yeah, he liked, liked heavy waves, but... You know, away from the ocean, he was he was charging. Seems always. like yeah, he he and uh, Sean are just you know real yin and yang characters, aren't they? Oh, kind of operating in the same perfect yeah cosmic union, but oh, completely different balance within the family. But uh, yeah, I took uh, our dad to uh, J Bay uh, to celebrate forty years since he lived in the dunes there, um, avoiding being conscripted to Vietnam and. Mm. Ate pro neutro for about three months with his old mate Sin, and um, yeah, Sean was just a grom at the time, surfing the point, and uh, ended up having dinner with the two of them one night. And yeah, Sean, as you said, couldn't have been a more different character than his uh, cousin Michael. Mm. I remember sitting at dinner and Sean saying, oh, "What do you do, Alfie?" <laughs> and Dad said, uh, "I'm a farmer." And he said, ah, 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 I know what you're farming, bro. <laughs> I know what you're farming over there, you guys. All you guys that came out here to the point there, uh, you're all, all the same, eh? And Dad just chuckled away and mm. Sean said, you know what? I've never had a puff on a joint. Never. Never in my life. Wow. And Alfie said, Sean, mate, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> what about when he had just a full veto on, he was just off him, tail drop floaters. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, he was commentating with us at the event one year. He's saying, the tail drop floaters, dangerous. <laughs> a surfer can become incredibly injured. It's, it's a very oh. difficult manoeuvre that generates very little points. I, I much prefer it when guys like Geordie get out on the face and attack, attack, attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the great commentators. Got one of the, uh, maybe the best sort of commentary quotes too. Oh, may I? And there he is, Vatir David, cranking himself all the way down the line. <laughs> yeah, so it's a go-to for me. Hey, we're going to keep going. Yeah. On this uh, little thread, though, yeah. the, the Michael Thompson thread, because uh, after Gotcha, he founded another company which kind of blew up. Question five speaks to that. Mm -hmm. What does MCD stand for? More core division. Mm. And that was another one of Michael's companies. Um, hugely popular. I loved that brand. I just loved... They're riders, and uh, I've got a question attack onto this. Question six, how many former more core division team riders can you name? You can give yourself a point for each one. We'll give you a little bit more time for this. 
Yeah. Hopefully, I, I mention all the ones you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. But here's who I had: Potts. He was the big dog. Yep. Martin Potter, Andy Irons. Of course, they uh, produced Raw Irons MCD. Still one of my favourite films. Great flick. Matt Archibald, uh, Michael Ho, Jerry Lopez, Derek Ho, Brock Little. What a team. Mike Stewart. Dino Andino. Josh Kerr. And I don't think anyone would have got this outside of uh, Avalon Beach, but Andy Owens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You did forget a pretty major one. Shane Horan. Shane, Shane Horan, mate. The yeah, fucking, no, that's right. The, Mr. Lettuce himself. Yeah. Scum Valley's finest that's on right. the original team. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was in that amazing uh, group shot, but kind of at that stage, they kind of put him up the back. He was in the back, <laughs> he was in the back row. His name wasn't that big. Oh, you know what? Those group shots don't go unnoticed by the surfers. Oh. Uh, there, was, there was a massive one when, um, when Nike turned to Hurley, right? There was a, a big oh, thing yeah. about the uh, the pyramid, and John exactly. John was right at the top, and Julian and Kalohe were nestled in behind him, and it was a big, big problem. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, very uh, Pay attention. purposeful, deep etching job, getting mm. John John ahead of those two. They weren't happy about it. But, uh, yeah, I think Potts might have laid up the uh, group shot in the MCD ad that featured in the magazine I was mm. looking at recently because he was front and centre. His name was huge. On your pots. Question seven. Who coined and trademarked the line, only a surfer knows the feeling? It was Gordon Merchant. And uh, yeah, came up with it sometime in the mid to late 70s, mm. I believe. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant line for a surf company. Oh, so good. Hard to top. Really hard to top. It's, it's just, it, it rolls off the tongue. When uh, you're trying to describe what surfing is to anyone who doesn't surf. And, yeah, he's dead right. He's dead right. Feels like every other brand's been searching for their only a surfer knows the feeling tag. Oh, okay, have you, have you got a couple there? No, it just that's just what it seems like to mm. me. Everyone's trying to connect to one. I mean, yeah, I, I, I remember. The... had the uh, first in, last out, which uh, that's a good one. I, I like. Yeah. What about boom doggers? Only a wave rider understands the emotion. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Well played, Boomdoggers. And uh, congrats on that wonderful, (laughs) that wonderful billboard of Cole Bernasconi that is still there in Brookvale today. Did they win a Surf Business Industry Award for that one? I don't know if they did. They might have got a nomination. Mm. Question eight. What are frog skins and razor blades and what company manufactures them? Oh, it sounds like something in a, a, a witch would throw into a bubbling cauldron, <laughs> Vaughn. <laughs> oh, that's a good clean dad joke. I like that. Can yeah. I give you one? <laughs> what do you call a chicken with lettuce in its eye? Chicken Caesar salad. No points for that, but that's a good joke. <laughs> It was Oakley, of course. Uh, for frogs gone, <laughs> frogs gone. Oakley with their frog skins, their their razor blades. I, I've had a few pairs of frog skins. Mm. I did have one pair of razor blades. I look back on those photos with regret. 
Um, but they're popping up a lot these days oh, in post-lead interviews. No. They're, they're just all over the place. The razor blades were epic. The mumbos <laughs> were gold. I just uh, didn't have the head for them, mate. Yeah, your head isn't suited to razor blades. Your head's much more suited to those uh, Oakley over-the-skull. <laughs> oh, how good were they? Kind of um, steampunk Jordan Pre- things. Pretty interesting, though, um, how Oakley came to be a surf company. It was an actually uh, an Australian, Steve Perry, that, that kind of really pulled them into the surf industry, uh, took it on, mortgaged his house, and then as soon as he, because he had such great connections within the industry, as soon as he had the shades, he sent them out to all the big surfers at the time and said, if you get a headshot wearing these sunnies in a surf mag, I'll send you 50 bucks. So all the, and you go back to the mags at that time, mm. they were just littered with high-profile stars at the time wearing those Oakleys and uh, all cashing in, trying to get oh, that mate. little photo incentive. And you know what? Oakley ads... Never had a logo in the early days. They were just headshots with the Sunnies, and the only place the logo was visible was on the arm of the Sunnies, and they were just sick. Like so good, so clever, so simple. Who do you reckon became the uh, the biggest Oakley uh, athlete signing of all uh, time in in Oz? Nah, no idea. Shane Warne. Oh, of course. Warney. Yeah, yeah, he had a uh, massive contract. He used to go around the the Perrys for for fish and chips and a couple of durries after dinner. Loved <laughs> it. Question nine. What brand did four-time world champ Lisa Anderson help establish? Yeah, it was Roxy. Coming up on 35 years with the brand. Absolute icon. I think the big, uh, yeah, the big contribution from Lisa was just that she went in there and just said, these shorts are no good for me. Uh, I, need, I need to cut these into a, a different shape. And the designers just went sweet. And pretty much Roxy came straight on the back of that. Uh, little scallops, nice little design and uh, more comfy. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that, that first pair of shorts designed specifically for a female ended up uh, being on a poster in Surfer Mag. And next thing you know, the whole industry is just turned on its head. Great company. On you, Lisa. Hey. Hey. Question 10. In 1991, O'Neill team rider Brad Gerlach was the poster boy for the most expensive surf wetsuit ever created. What was the name of that steamer? The Animal. Mm. Oh, you remember it, Vaughn? Oh, I remember the wedding. I never saw one in real life. I feel like someone owned one, but, you know, you heard rumours. That's how (laughs) gnarly it was. You heard rumours that someone had one. Yeah, pretty spectacular looking suit. And I'm pretty sure, mate, that Jack O'Neill's good eye fell out when they told him how much it was going to cost because uh, it was a fuckload. Yeah. It was a heap. It was a mountain of coin. Yeah, I uh, found a, a little article on uh, the old Swellnet site that Stu Nettle wrote, and he described it pretty well. Gerlach, the long-haired poster boy for the 90s Rebellion, wears O'Neill's top-of-the-line model, The Animal. Plain black wasn't enough. The animal borrowed its aesthetic from the Predator and featured corrugated rubber panels that made the wearer look more like a futuristic knight of the round table. <laughs> On your oh, stew. You still got it. He's the man. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it was next level. It was so out of reach. It, mm. it was. It was – Weddies were kind of around that 300, 400 buck mark at the time, like top of the line. Yep. And then this thing was like in Australia, up around 700 bucks. Yep. But, uh, you know, you and I could talk about it all day, but let's talk to the man that crammed himself into that suit, the animal. It's Brad Gerlach. Let's give him a bell. 
Ronnie. Yeah, girl. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. How are you? Oh, I'm going really well, thank you. You're in the car with the fam. Yeah, it's it's um, and my son got given a harmonica, so he's just breathing in and breathing out. <laughs> oh, this is it's just perfect conditions for an interview then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mate, I won't, uh, I won't keep you too long. I did want to talk to you about one of the highlights of, of your illustrious career, and that is the animal. The animal wetsuit, yeah. <laughs> what, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the wetsuit? Uh, well, when I first saw it, I, I thought, wow, um, I liked it a lot. <laughs> and I was excited that they wanted me to be the guy the, to wear it and um, showcase it. It was a, uh, and it was really a, an expensive suit. Did you have any kind of input on the design of the suit, or did they just pull it together yeah. and throw it in front of you? No, they just did it all and then threw it in front of me, and then um, and just uh, I remember looking at it, going, "Wow, it looks like semi Darth Vader." And then the ads that we shot, like when I look at them now, they're so funny to me because it was just like, I mean, it was all about making the most serious face you could possibly make and. I, well, it makes me cringe a little bit because it's just, I was just like, dude, lighten up, man. But um, <laughs> um, that all was all part of the, was all part of the times. And there was like, a, a, when you're serious, you know, you were you, you were there to seriously tear the bag out of it. <laughs> They're only to be proud of those uh, those advertisements. They're amazing. But uh, you've got to talk to me about the actual function of the suit uh, because sure. <laughs> those big glossy rubber panels tend to kind of limit yeah. your movement a little bit and uh, also just tear holes in you with rash. I didn't, no, I didn't get a rash and, um, and I didn't find it that bad of a suit. Um, I just wish I would have kept mine. I, I mean, I just don't know how those things disappear, you know, like I wouldn't have sold it, you know, and I've had somebody ask me if they if I had one and they'd pay me for it and all that stuff, but, um, you know, I wouldn't even sell it anyway. You can get your hands on one. I found one on eBay, five hundred bucks US. Uh, hasn't been worn before. Mint condition. <laughs> yeah, I did think of myself kind of as like a, a bit of an animal, I suppose. Is maybe that's the look in my eyes on the on the uh, in the ad, you know? Intense, but, uh, mate. Intense. <laughs> well, you know, it kind of goes to like he had pots there, and he was kind of my bit of a rival and he was a pretty serious guy and <laughs> it's always a, there's so many things to cringe on <laughs> back in the day i just I, I want like a nose cone ad that was terrible and uh, a track top ad where i've got stonewash and a mock turtleneck and cowboy boots and uh, and i have full traction which i never used and just you know, there's a couple of things I was like, oh, man, why did I agree to do that? Classic. Yeah. Good. Question 11. Yeah. Running off nicknames, Singding and Claw founded what company in 1969? It was Rip Curl. Mm-hmm. Doug, Claw, Warbrick, Brian, Singding, Singer. Icons. Yeah. Surf crazy guys, man. Like Claw is a guy who'll watch every single heat of every comp that's on. He is eternally frothing. And Singer uh, is the same. Just pure lovers of the game. Mm. And uh, just a core company that's 
really retained. It's 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 pure stoke of surfing, and and you know even now, Ron, I I, I get to work for Rip Curl a lot, making clips for him. Um, postcards from Morgs, free scrubber. We just finished a new one. I can't wait for that. Which is coming out soon with Gabby, Mick, and Mace. And uh, yeah, it's just it's a joy to know where that company came from and what its values are. Question twelve. In 1990, which major surf brand dumped newly crowned world champion Tom Curran as their marquee rider for winning an event? How wild is this story? Unbelievable. Well, the uh, the brand is Ocean Pacific. And uh, what it did for Curran and what it did for Rip Curl was huge. It opened the door for uh, a new signing. Mm-hmm. A new brand and, uh, well, uh, a partnership that would, you know, really stand the test of time. That's right. Uh, so the story was Tom Curran had had a huge break. He was a two-time world champ. In 1990, he just decided to enter the trials. Didn't even bother asking for a wild card or anything. He took a huge hiatus from prof- uh, from pro surfing. He just enters the trials of every comp for the whole year. Ends up winning the world title. Like, I don't know how to explain how wild that is. He's basically surfing two comps while everyone else is just surfing one. And he ends up winning the world title. He gets to Hawaii. Halle Eva is maxing out storm surf. He's in a final with Tom Carroll, Rob Bain, and Martin Potter. And they just go at it in this huge, just like terrifying storm surf. The, the, the rip just going loony. Curran paddles out on a Morris Cole yellow railed fucking weapon knife. That is, uh, there's a couple of them. One's immortalized in that classic cutty shot. The other one's the, uh, the Halle Eva board. Wins the comp, Ron. Wins his first ever Hawaiian event. This is a guy who's been going to Hawaii forever. Never won there. Wins it. But because he didn't have the OP stickers on his board... He gets dumped. Can wow. you imagine the the meeting? Like whoever dumped him. Like when they actually go back and and you had to go to work and go, oh, who was it again who who dumped Tom Curran from the team? <laughs> yeah. Who was that? And you're just sitting there with just, oh, my God. But anyway, Rip Curl, sign up Curran, launch the search on the back of having the greatest style master, most pure surfer ever. And next thing you know, Rip Curl have this entire new marketing um, just going absolutely ballistic that is uh, based on just pure core surf adventure. So, big. What a big blunder. (laughs) (laughs) Huge blunder. Maybe one of the biggest of the sport. But here's the thing. disappeared not long after that, too. Like, they they really went into a doldrums. And, uh, you know, they went from being one of the biggest companies in the world. You know, throwing money at, like, the big events here and there to just nothing. Oh, man. OP. Oh, what have you done? Oh, no, no uh, you said before, too, uh, you know, Oakley's ads were so good. They just used the branding on the sunglasses mm. instead of putting the logo on the page. The same could have been done with the iconic Tom Curran shot. He doesn't have a sticker on, but you just put your logo underneath it. and You're, you're part of that. That Mad- frozen moment. Madness. That unforgettable image. Madness. In the history of blunders, like, it's up there with the best. It's up yeah. there with Tom Carroll's paddling interference against Todd Holland in yeah. the 88 Bill. I'm not going to name names, but I do remember, too, when uh, Dane Reynolds was getting signed to Quicksilver. Uh, his previous sponsor basically shrugged their shoulders and said, I mean, he's good, but what's he done? He hasn't won a contest. <laughs> 
them. There oh, you I know who it. that was. Yeah. That was but, Rip Curl. Yeah. I'm naming them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy stuff. But, you know, I'm sure that every company has that bell ringer in their history, oh, if, not, if not more than a few. Yeah. But I think, I think OP pretty much just, you know, I, I know they're probably uh, rebuilding and, and around now and uh, – you know, that's all the best to them. All the best. They'd all like the to reach best. out and sponsor an, an episode of Brains Over. <laughs> We'd love to have them involved. <laughs> you know, what have, you, we, what have we done? Is this our biggest blunder? <laughs> is this <laughs> <laughs> is AP coming back? Oh, mate. I just know that. I've got to, got to say this because I'm loving this convo. But, you know, when you lie in bed at night and uh, you're having just one of those tossy, turny full moon nights and, and just your brain just starts flooding with your cringies? Oh, that poor bastard, whoever it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Ah! Question 13. Which company made the surf films Surf in the Summer, Filthy Habits, and Pump? Yeah, it was Billabong. Had a, uh, got an incredible video library, don't they? I think the only person who comes close to matching them would be Taylor Steele. Like just for body of work, and I know that's that's a lot of different filmmakers, but that library of bong movies is so insane. Like you know, right through from Surfing to Summer, which I'm pretty sure was their first official sort of proper release, right through to Interlusion last year with Mikey Mal and the boys on that boat trip. There's almost barely a week link. Free as a dog. Mm. <laughs> Free as a dog, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not, not McCoy's finest moment, nah. but uh, you know, did unleash a young Ellis Eriks on the world, which is uh, a wonderful thing. Yeah, and I reckon James Woods is watching Fraser Dog right now. He would be for sure. Be nah. sitting his kids down in front of the the TV. Mm. But those those early films, Doggy, those three you mentioned, um, Surfing the Summer, Filthy Habits, Pump, Filthy Habits. That, that's the VHE. S glory era right there. I still uh, play the the soundtrack for Filthy Habits. It's on uh, Spotify. Worth uh, tapping into for sure. Question 14. Which company and surfer combined to create surfing's first million dollar contract? Tom Carroll and Quicksilver. Mm. Yeah, there was no real... Global superhero before Tom Carroll. Put it this way, right? When Tom Carroll signs that that deal, we're deep into the eighties. Action mm. movies are big, muscles are big, you know, personalities and performance and loud. Like it's all more, more, more. And Tom Carroll, right. no one did it harder or did more than him. Yeah, it was big. What wasn't big though? Tommy Shorts. Oh god, they were tiny. Oh. Tight, mm. very tight. But uh, it was it was handled like a a proper major athlete signing. Mm. Whereas every other sort of surf contract before that was, you know, back of napkins at a a restaurant in Hawaii or handshake deals. This was the proper photo opportunity press conference moment. Yeah, TVC. Every cent of that money well spent. Question fifteen. Cooter Lines was famous for which classic piece of surf apparel? One of my favourites, although I never have one. 
I only had the cheap version from uh, Kmart that mum got us. <laughs> but it was the streaky. Oh, yes. Iconic. Oh, mate. A, a fleecy, almost tie-dye number that had Simon Law, you know, standing out the front of his bedroom like a bouncer, just turn, <laughs> turning people away. Like, no. <laughs> no deal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many Mexican restaurants there are in Stockton, Ron, but um, S. Law would have been swimming through rivers of taco. for. <laughs> Question 16. Here's one for the dinosaurs out there. Established in 78 on Sydney's Northern Beaches, which board short company had the iconic, or notorious, if you will, hibiscus yardage print? Okanui. Oh, thank you, Ronnie. Iconic ads as well, if we're talking about marketing. For years and years and years, just crew standing on the beach holding their longboards in different coloured Okanuis and, uh, yeah, China, Buffalo, Rusty, You know what it maybe made the cut for us, that question, is that we grew up in New Brighton and uh, some of the the fringe dwellers, Mm. New Brighton's Malibu Club, ended up in some of those ads. Yep. Stickman, Huck, guys that we'd see in the surf. And even though they were old scaly... Lizards, fossilized reptiles. Yeah. yeah, at the time, like whack a pair if of. If you saw someone, on, they look great. If you saw someone in the surf, and then you saw him in a surf bag, they were an instant hero. Oh, to big you. time! Yeah, I remember getting uh, when I went down to visit Aussie once in the holidays. I asked if we could drive past Matt Cattle's house just so I could stare at the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Question seventeen: Multiple choice. What is Kelly Slater's new footwear company called? Is it A. Moose Knuckle B. <laughs> Camel toe, C, tinea divot, or D, Kelly. Mana mana. <laughs> I didn't realise how good tinea divot sounds. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's actually D, Kelly, but without an E. Oh. So, Klee? Klee. Klee? Klee. Moon-inspired footwear. Here's a, a little bonus question for you. Can you name three other companies that Kelly has founded or had a stake in? There's a a bunch. There might be more than we know, Volno, Mm. but uh, here's a a few that kind of spring to mind to me. The the Kelly Slater Wave Co., Mm -hmm. um, which obviously he sold to a portion of to to, to WSL or maybe all of it. Uh, Slater Designs, his surfboards after he acquired Firewire. Mm Mm-hmm. Out of known. Perps. Oh, how could you forget perps? K-Grip back in the day. That was cool. Um, he had a, a little kind of signature brand too with Quicksilver for a while, Visitor. That's right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Did that he have was, a uh, skateboard for a bit? A K-Grip, like in that sort of... I think he might have. He might yeah. have, yeah. Carve board or something. Yeah. Question 18. Which Australian company chained, tarred, and feathered their entire surf team. Mana, mana. Yeah, it was Hot Tuna, uh, Richard Meldrum's baby, and uh, man, oh man, he he went to the next level with his uh, advertising campaigns. Mm. He pushed it harder than anyone, and uh, the results were awesome. Yeah. Just always so fun. Um, but yeah, apparently the, the shoots... Were just incredible, great thing to be a part of. Absolutely loose, but you know, you get Richie Lovett, Bo Emerton, Rob Bain, 
Richard Dog Marsh, get them naked, tarred and feathered in the streets of King's Cross and, and do a shoot. Yeah, mate, surf ads, uh, the Instagram sensation. Uh, wrote a, an epic profile on Hot Tuna in Surfing World a couple of issues back. Uh, pretty sure you can read it online, but if you can't, just subscribe to Surfing World. Easy. Support one of the uh, the last great bastions of pure print journalism and surf froth run by Sean Doherty. But a sick story. And, you know, Cooter Lines and Hot Tuna, you know, sort of in that weird zone with sort of between Sydney and Byron, it's... It's neither here nor there, but two companies that fully had a big impact on Australian surf culture. And, um, yeah, I reckon, dot for the cap to them, both. Question 19. Yep. Creed McTaggart, Noah Dean, Ellis Erickson, Bo Foster and Toby Cregan own which accessories, tees and hoodies brand? Rage. Yeah, mate, this is cool. The boys just getting together. They're, They're best mates. They're layering up. They're having a hell time. They're making music. They're making movies. They're the best surfers in the world. They're shaping boards. Like, they do it all. Why not pull your talents, like all the great success stories in surfing, and have a crack yourself? And I think the Rage Grips are going absolutely ballistic. Like, you see Rage Tios and hoodies everywhere, no matter where you go, especially if you're in the music scene. Mm. Like, you know, uh, any big gig where Wash, Skeggs, uh, there's a full movement in Australia. Pissed idiots, all those guys, and you'll see Rage t-shirts everywhere. So they've fully nailed it. Got a sick little culture and community going, and yeah, man, full power to them. All right, we're, we're up to question 20. Excellent. Already. The Farting Dog was an iconic print by what Australian surf brand? It was Mambo. The man behind it, Dare Jennings, who founded it, he had a screen printing business and he was actually doing a lot of screen printing for a, a bunch of surf brands at the time, a, a lot of different brands. And he just thought to himself, I can do better than this. Then he just started getting in contact with artists that he knew and uh, yeah, just built this incredible brand. It had a, a just a, a different focus to other surf brands in particular at the time. It had a political focus, um, a big art focus, music as well. He started, Dare started Phantom Records uh, an independent record business that um, produced albums for the Sunny Boys and Hoodoo Gurus. And then uh, he went on to found and, and still works with Deus Ex Machina. So, um, yeah, yeah he, he's talented, uh, so talented. And, um, you know, I think he, his greatest talent is just surrounding himself with absolute fucking legends who are super creative, super bold and brave and, you know, definitely don't pull any punches. The, the, the artistic community he had in Mambo is like world-class artists, world-class. Reg Mombasa, Ben Brown, Paul McNeil, Jerry Wedd, Jeff Raglas, Bob Moore. The list goes on and yeah. on and on, mate. The artists that have gone through that joint, crazy. Um, Jim Mitchell, for, who started the, the Critical Slide Society, another Mambo artist. So many, Ron. Like crazy, crazy. So many. Wide-spreading and, influence. And that... You know, iconic farting dog can't get mixed up with a another dog in the surf world. The the poo shooter <laughs> from the Australian brand Beach Crew. Oh, you're taking me back now. Oh, how was those ads? Mate, I've basically got a pull poo shooter out of a piece of petrified amber, pump him into some DNA to bring him back to life. 
What a hilarious bit of art to wear on a t-shirt. I know. No less. <laughs> uh, you know, dog with its just mouth open, fangs hanging back, big ball bag, just huge drop tank at the back, and then an asshole wide open with a, a meteor-sized turd just rocketing out of it. And, uh, yeah, on that note, I think we might wrap things up. Yeah. Great episode, Ron. Um Give Poo Shooter a pat for me, eh? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Uh, yeah, please. Give your dog a pat for me. And Vorno, what, what song are we going to roll with? Well, we're rolling evening? straight out of Mambo into, uh, you know, one of their great artists, the guy behind Australian Jesus, to uh, bring us home with his band, Mental As Anything. Too many times, Ron. Too many times I've seen the sun come up through bloodshot eyes and sums up every single surfer who just guts it out backed themselves, started their own brand and had a huge impact on all our surfing lives. Uh, I think the song's just about getting mindlessly maggot too, which is uh, something they probably all did as well. We'll see you next week for another episode of Great. Too many times, too many-